before we change the order. Father, that is the most joyous reality that burns in our hearts. That mortality changed to immortality. Of all the times, Lord, there's never been a time like this. For this is the closest we've been in your great drama as you've been carrying out all your desires. You brought it to this place to where there'd be a earthly bride standing on the earth as Paul said I show you a great mystery we shall not all fall asleep some of us will be changed in the moment of a twinkling of an eye I thank you for your grace this morning and we honored this resurrection day but not so much the day but you being the resurrected Christ veiled in these earthly temples Lord we're showing forth the resurrection and the life I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. How we thank you, Lord. Would you take my lips and their ears and our whole order under your control. Uh, nudge me when I've said enough, Lord, and help us to understand what the Spirit is saying to the church. I commit this service to you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. <coughs> And uh, that's fine. <clears throat> I kind of miss them. I hate to. I watched them on the on the tube there, and you know, I I uh, I like uh, good singing. I like it from the heart. God bless you all. It's good to see you today. <clears throat> we saw you yesterday, and that was a bit a bit like a homecoming. I <clears throat> I thought the rapture will be a little bit like that, won't it be? Can you imagine the only thing is never, never go away and leave and just keep going and meeting this. Oh, it's you. It's, oh, it's you. It's, oh, it's you. Just on and on like that. Well, I don't know how long that'll go on, but I mean, <clears throat> it's good to see the brothers from different places. And, and uh, Tom, you're sitting way back farther. And Sister John, I want to say you're shouting more. <laughs> if I say something good, he'll shout amen, he said. <laughs> good to see you. All of you brothers, of course, uh, 
Brother Jerry Harder, way in the back there, who's going to hear you there? All good people along the way, you know how his footsteps of the Lord, uh, of the people, God's directed our footsteps along the way. You've crossed a lot of people, uh, then you forget about them, or they're there, but when you meet them again, say, oh my, uh, it's good to meet them again, good to see them. And uh, uh, Brother Darren, Darren, good to see you, Brother Boyer back there. I didn't see your wife. Yeah, she was, I looked yesterday, I didn't see you. Oh, well, I see you, good to see you. And all of you, brothers, and, and the ministers, so good to see every one of them. I wouldn't want to miss anyone, but God bless you. It's good to be here. And uh, in honor to Brother Harold's uh, respectfully 80 years old, um, I appreciated him singing again yesterday. And, and uh, you did well, Brother Harold. I, I appreciate that. Uh, our memories, of course, we go back when, when um, you know, I don't want to go there this morning, but just a little bit in respect and to honor that... Uh, uh, I never will forget <clears throat> the time when we met after the Lord had saved both of us and uh, <clears throat> took us out of our sinful state and put us into fellowship. And the first time we met was in his house where we uh, gathered just a household. <clears throat> and, uh, of course, back then, you've got to remember that Brother Tom, I remember meeting Sister Joanne, I remember meeting in your house in Cloverdale there, had the, uh, had the service in the living room before you had the log cabin built. And uh, early 70s in there. And uh, you remember, we remember when we didn't have nice buildings like this. We didn't have the conveniences. When we were just household from, you could travel from Vancouver all the way to Newfoundland and you'd find little bitty churches along the way. Just little ones. And I remember when, when uh, I started uh, singing, uh, it was to the place where we were just beginning to hear what the prophet said. And, and we were young men around it, you know, full of, en- full of energy. And, and the pastor, you know, they go a little slower, you see, because uh, they've been there. <laughs> they've gone through it already, you know, and sometimes we try to rush it on. But, <clears throat> and we got to, I remember going to Brother Gunther and Brother Harold was saying about song leading. And uh, my brother and I, we said, we'd read where Brother Bram said that, oh, we should have a song leader. And, and Brother Neil did the whole thing. He went up there and led the same Felt the anointing. As soon as he felt the anointing, then he'd start preaching. <laughs> well, we thought it was the normal until <clears throat> we heard Brother Bram said, well, d- get the song leader to, you know, tells them how to do it. And, and uh, so we went to the pastor and said, you know, we'd like to help you. Uh, well, he kind of said, I don't really need any help. <laughs> oh, yes, you do. <laughs> Full of energy. Not wise as serpents, harmless as doves. <laughs> But he said, all right, give you boys a chance. (laughs) Well, that's all we needed, just a chance. And isn't that the way God gives us just one opportunity to serve him? I always say this, we don't don't know what lays ahead, but we learn from the things that we've gone through. And we hope that in there we've, we've learned some valuable lessons that never be in a hurry with God. He's never in a hurry. He's never late. He's not missed one appointment. I was reading just a little quote where Brother Bram said, to God, it's like a great drama. He said, every actor is in its place. Now you just just look at, every actor is in its place. The great stage is set. He says, every part has to be played in its time and its season. Just watch it unfold. 
Never be in a hurry with God. I think if we are, so while we're sitting here today, I was reading a little quote where Brother Bam talks about communism. He said, you know what brings on communism? He said, what we're thinking, uh, just as we're here this morning, we wondered, is the third world war on? It's just at the brink now. But he said, remember, it's going to be an atomic warfare. And it'll be a fire that will renovate the earth for a new kingdom, for a new residence. <clears throat> but until that time, and we know we're there right now. We know that. And I was reading where he said, just a little quote. You and I know we're all looking in the mess. He said, what did he say about it? What did he say about Russia? What did he say about it? Well, he said a lot of things about Russia. Watch Russia. Watch Russia. But remember, he said this. He said, remember, it's just a tool in God's hands to bring judgment upon those who rejected the word. So you see, communism being raised up right now is to bring judgment upon the rejectors of the vindicated word in this day. Because never in all of history has Christ returned back to dwell totally in his body, the bride body, like he's done in this day, because this is the capstone where he sat down upon his body and individuals, we don't, we're not here as a group. Individually are we born into the kingdom of heaven. Well, my brother, this brother so, no, it isn't about brother so-and-so. It's not about, well, sister so-and-so. No, it's about you. It's about me. I'm glad he just didn't say, well, you know, and I know we can use the statement, whosoever will, let him come. And that's true. But he knew who will. <laughs> and he wrote it in the book, put names in there. He knew who would come. He knew what you would do when the word crossed your path. If you're an eagle, you're sure as anything. When you heard that scream, there's something inside of you said, there's one thing I'm not. I'm not a chicken. I realized that real quickly. I'm an eagle because the voice generated something on the inside that I've never heard a voice like that, but that's the truth. Nothing but the truth. They say, well, what was the truth? I don't know, but that's the truth. <laughs> sure, in the beginning, we didn't know what truth was. Came out of organization and denominations, and, and I remember Brother Gunther in the early years, Brother Harold uh, was there, uh, not quite, well, we were. I'll say this, we were in Pentecost, German Pentecost, and um, we attended uh, very, uh, I don't know how good we were, but we went to the Daily Vacation Bible School and, and uh, or what they called, uh, where they had uh, children and, you know, camp and so on. And um, that's about all. Sunday school in those days, we, in fact, those my young days that we were raised, our parents had been ousted out of denomination and they'd, they left on their own because they seen that was going in a way that they weren't going to go. So um, we mostly, mostly in those days when we did meet was in a house or in a garage somewhere, rented a garage, and somewhere renovated. I remember in, in, uh, in Gruntal, a little village there, the church had given over, they, the Pentecostal organization owned it, so we couldn't use it. <coughs> and the very ones that built it, they couldn't use it. <laughs> but of course, later on, uh, God did work a miracle. The Pentecostal assemblies wrote, my dad was a trustee at the time, and he wrote them for permission to rent the place. Their hands had built it. Back in 1952, they had built the church. About 1956, they wrote back, and uh, my dad wrote and asked if they, could, if they could use the church, and they would pay rent if they could use it. And uh, the assembly wrote back and said, uh, the church is yours. Here's the title. Uh, you built it. You have it. We'll never start another work there in the little village. So uh, that's, uh, that's how they got the church back. And then we started, there it was, and I remember... The church was full. There were three families. <laughs> That's it, three families. 
and uh, the church wasn't full. I remember Brother Gunther preaching. He didn't even come behind the pulpit. He, he stood about in the middle, and there was, you know, there was about three or four benches full of people with a wood stove, I mean, a coal stove burning in the back, trying to stay warm in the middle of the winter. And Brother Neil would preach in his own. It still spoke German back in those days, Brother Harold. You remember that? We were crossing over. There was people that my, my mother never did go to uh, school, never really started learning English when she started reading the message or her dad read it. And uh, I do remember that. So those are the humble beginnings. <laughs> and uh, let me tell you something, this deep down in our heart, I feel I'm still one of those, one of those little boys. <clears throat> I like to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn. <clears throat> learn more about his grace. Sometimes when you think we've gone, we're doing pretty good, then you and see what kind of a character he was. Said, oh Lord, make me more like thee. Give me a heart that's filled with love. And make me more like you. I, I should say something from the scripture, shouldn't I? <laughs> oh, this is all part of it. I, I thought I would, you know, it's really tough sometimes. You want to say so many things. But, but if I could read, uh, you would read with me. And uh, I'm going to turn to the book of Ephesians. And um, that's good if you would stand. Um, I'm going to just try to, um, you know how preachers are sometimes. There's so many, Brother Tom, you know, so many texts that say, should I go this way, should I go that way? And then you, you, you've been so busy visiting and shaking hands and talking about this and that and the other. And then it's kind of hard to come down and just say, now, Lord, uh, anoint me. That would you more. And... Um, Brother Ed's day is off today, so I mean, you can sit in the, in the congregation. <laughs> oh, those are good days, though, too. And just, I, I, I know there. And uh, I'm going to read Ephesians, the second chapter. And let's read the first 10 verses just for a little background of what I'd like to speak on today. And you, hath he quickened, dead and in trespasses and sins, where in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy. I think this is something we always love to read. <laughs> As I love to love. The, I like the way the prophet mentions it. Every time he gets to a place, that, that but God, not we, not they, but God, who was rich in mercy, with His great love, wherewith He loved us. This is not filial love. Wherewith he, this is elective love. Even when we were dead, hath quickened us together with Christ or in Christ. By grace are ye saved, and hath raised us up together. And made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come. Fully might show the exceeding riches of his grace. In his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Through faith. And that not of yourselves. But it is the gift of God. Man should boast. His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Let's ask the Lord's blessing. Father, one more time we ask 
that you would shine a little light on it. Maybe something will quicken from your word and help someone along the way. Make life a little easier in recognizing that we are in your hands and that you have foreordained and all the actors are in place now. We see the consummation of time itself. We are longing for even time to be switched to eternity. I ask your blessing now on the fellowship around your word. May you breathe on us in this from your word and use us for your glory. In Jesus Christ's name I ask it. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Well, I'll give it that. It's one of those. Uh, well, I'm not Brother Wayne Lawson, but so uh, <laughs> I'll stay close. <laughs> Wayne likes these, uh, these uh, microphones. I don't know if I, I like them. You know, they're, they're good. <clears throat> Usually I don't need a microphone. I'm pretty loud. <clears throat> uh, most people don't tell me that I'm such a quiet, gentle person. I'm a little bit loud, and uh, I can get carried away pretty good. <clears throat> But I, I'm, well, I know there's one thing, I get carried away when I get carried away. Now, that's the truth. I like that song. I, I do know that now we try to control our emotions from time to time because we don't want to be acting all uh, strange. But, um, but there comes a time in the presence of the Lord when you don't think about emotions. Uh, it just, you don't have to be emotional either. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> just let the water flow. <laughs> Let God be God and you be you at whatever he made you. And this is what I'd like to just br uh, draw our attention to a little bit as we've read here so distinctly that this is the work of God. God has never had his hands off of it. God has been in full control. Though we live in the kingdom of Satan, this is his kingdom. Now remember, when Adam forfeited the book of life, it went back to his rightful owner and it was given over to Satan for a season. He, this is his kingdom right now. You see it now completely. It, we see it. It couldn't get any further. It has reached another Sodom condition fully. Our kingdoms of this world have, de, have, have been taken over under by the spirit of Satan complete. And he's sitting now waiting to be throned. But before he does that, he, we, there has to be a little bride to get out of the way. <laughs> because right now, the Holy Spirit is keeping him from fulfilling that part. That's the Antichrist. But he will, he will be crowned as the king of this earth. And he's done it without firing a shot. He's taken over the whole kingdom of the world, seduced them into it. But blessed are your eyes and your ears. How blessed can we be of God to recognize that, that it's not, we're not holding it. God's holding it. Excuse me, I'm just a little... A little dehydrated. I think I drank too much coffee this morning. <laughs> it affects us. But I want to take in just a little, little thoughts on this. That Christ is the head of it all. Somebody quoted a little something. I think it was my wife the other day. She said, listen to this. She said, said the next time the devil <clears throat> reminds you of your past, <laughs> just point him to his future. <laughs> And then quote to him, Revelations 20 and 10, <clears throat> that hell was created for you, Satan. But for us, it's created another kingdom where there's no death. But as long as we're here, we will be in a mix. We will be on the battlefield because we have a flesh to contend with. These five senses that we, that we live in, they will be 
our guide and our strength and our weakness. For in there we have five senses that we've got to take care of. Uh, they constantly bother us in the flesh. But the five senses of the spirit are brought subject to the soul. And the soul, that's where God controls from. And I, uh, there's a few little things that, that I would, uh, uh, you know, some of those quotes that Brother Adam says. I, I, of course, I'm a great lover of some of the things that, that the prophet said. Because after all, every time we go for something, we say, well, uh, such and such. said, well, what's the prophet say about it? Well, I heard such and such, but what's the prophet say? Well, I tell you what, if we depended on everything that people say that Brother Bram said, or is supposed to have said, we'd be in trouble. <laughs> I, I like to just go back, and somebody says, oh, if it sounds a little different, go back and read it the way the prophet said. Say, wait a minute, that's not what he said. <laughs> Stay with that. Because the Holy Ghost will never leave his anointed word, for the word comes to the prophet doesn't come to the apostles, to the pastors, teachers. We only preach what he said. No fivefold ministry has a ministry in their own. They are preaching what the angel messenger said to the age. Their responsibility, and this is what I want to say, their responsibility is that God's government is upon their shoulders. And I've got a little squ- quote here. Of course, you, you know all these things and anything that I, I'm going to say, you probably say, well, I, I, I know that one. I know that one. We all do. But I want to just read a little part here. Brother Bam talks in the scripture. Uh, what is the Holy Ghost given for? And he said, uh, now the church comes through the schools. He goes back and takes a little while and said what the Holy Ghost is given for. And she's become a denomination, an organization. But you notice the birth produced something else. The birth does not produce a denomination. The birth produces a word-born son and daughter of God that walk by the word. They live by the word. And if it's not the word, they just don't accept it. They don't walk by creeds or dogmas. They don't walk by what someone says. They walk by the vindicated word. I like the way he puts it here. And he said, now it's got, got to the place to where, uh, did you notice the birth produces something else? But now it's got to the place to where the Pentecostal church with the new birth has been tested and tried, and now it's coming to the place that God doesn't deal with the churches as an, or, as an organization. He doesn't deal with the churches as a group anymore. He deals with the church as individuals, each individual in the church. <clears throat> That's the reason we can say things which we don't like to say sometimes. But every group of gatherings got three kinds of believers. I would like to preach this morning thinking that every one of you is a believer. And I want to do that. I'll leave it there. Because I'm not the one. We're not the one that makes believers and unbelievers. We preach the word. God does the making of believers. God has said in the church. Oh, we can, we can vote and we can elect and we can do this. But God has said in the church. I, do believe, I believe God works by voting election. But God knows who will be. He knows how to use even that order. He uses everything for his own glory and brings it to pass. Sometimes it looks like this could be the hand of the Lord. But just leave it alone. If God's in it, he'll make it come to pass. <clears throat> Even against our own understanding sometimes, most of the times. But I like that. God deals with individuals, each individual. Now, it's got to the time. It's no secret. We all see it. When a man proves and, and, and God loves him, he takes him out somewhere to himself. There's a front of angels, he does something for him. Right in front of angels, he does something. He lifts him up to a, in a place in the presence of God and gifts him and fills him and sets him out. That's the age that we're living in. 
He's pointing to a different age. We have come through the church ages, he said now. We're not in the church ages now. This is the bride age. The church has went to seed, and the bride has went to seed. The church, we know now what she is. She's become all one. When we were here, and I, I say this humbly, when we first heard this message, well, we didn't think, when we first heard it, we didn't think it would go past 65, never mind 77. Why, it was impossible for it to go beyond 77 because all of the players and actors were in place then. But think of the long-suffering of God. The other day we were talking about this, and I think, think of the thousands and thousands that never once heard this message, but today around the world, the angel didn't go. Brother Bram said when he's here, oh, I wish I could have left men over there they, in those countries where they saw the supernatural you know, so in Durban and different places. If I could have left men there that would have taught this message to them. But because there's no one to guide them, they drifted right back to their former understanding. But now look at the message in print form. And we've differed sometimes about who prints this and who does that. And what difference does it make? As long as it gets out there. So, oh, well, I don't agree with the way they do it. Well, what difference does that make? Just as long as you get the message in the hearts of the people. Get it to the people. And look, today we can say this. In all of even confusions and things that looks like somebody's trying to take this over authority. Somebody's trying to do that. But the message got out. <laughs> It got out around the world. There's people now, they've got books, and even, even to this very day, right now we're collecting, Brother Gift in our congregation said some of his people over there in, in Zambia, they said, they got a book, <laughs> one book, and it said, all wrinkled, and it looks like a, like a, a mess of paper, he said, and uh, they hand it from one to the other. He said, they don't have all the, oh, I know we got all these conveniences here. He said, oh, it's so nice. But there's a lot of places in the backwoods. The big cities have it, but not the back countries. And we're back, we're, we're, you talk about, you used to do the books all the time, and maybe you still do. But we're just, we're, we're packing a bunch of books right now, as many as we get together, they can hardly wait to get them. Because they don't have what we've got. They don't have the, they don't have the, the what they get a hold of, they're so happy for it. <clears throat> and, let me just go back here. Just I get, I get all my thoughts here. I want to get to this little part here. And um, see, it's the same Holy Ghost that saved the Lutherans, sanctified the Methodists, and baptized the Pentecostals is now setting in order the church of the Lord Jesus. Oh, I like that when it says setting in order. It's bringing to the attention of who's the head of this body. That Christ is the head. How does he bring him to order? It's now setting in order. When, when it'll be so powerful... That body will come into this group, a church, that'll draw the rest of them from the grave. <laughs> I think of that. That so living so in harmony with the head, the whole body is in harmony, bring up the whole body from the feet all the way to the headship. Just as we've seen the natural kingdom go from the headship down to the toes, as we're recognizing now, and it's got to crumble. Remember, it was in the toes condition when the rock that was hewed out of the mountain without hands crushed the image and, and drove it into powder to where the wind just blew it away. The kingdoms of this world is about ready to blow away. The supernatural God has come and separated the, uh, a people, a bride from the world church and set them into his own kingdom where he's taken complete control over her. He has taken complete control over his body because he is the head of the body. You think he'll settle on the body without it being in his 
members of his body? Never. He'll never seal a denomination. He seals individuals. Amen. Let me just read that a little further. It's what the Holy Ghost is given for. And he said, I've got to read that again. And when it'll be so powerful, that body will come into this group. Oh, he said, we'll have all kinds of shouting, all kinds of manifestation. If that's what it took, the whole world will be saved now. Because we never saw a more powerful demonstration when the angel came to the age and around the world with the divine healing ministry, which people still think divine healing is the absolute. That's only the part that led to it. That was the sign to let you know that there's a resurrection coming. No healing, no resurrection. That was a sign that went to the whole world. The second pole went to the whole world, but the third pole separated and called out a bride and sealed her in. Not still to the world, but it's to the elect, into the elect lady, for she can hear the word of God. See, this is why it goes to say that it'll, wreck, it'll draw them out of the grave. There'll be a resurrection. That's what the Holy Ghost is for. What is the Holy Ghost? Without us, they cannot be made perfect. Without the capstone coming down upon a body on earth, they that are in the ground waiting, Hebrews 11, cannot be perfected or completed without this age. Oh, I think it's wonderful. Without us, they cannot be made perfect. They lived in one day under that. We live in another day. When the enemy comes in a flood, the Spirit of God will raise up a standard. See, the whole thing, Christ, the head of his body, the church. The whole complete revelation of Jesus Christ will be known when the seventh angel begin to sound his message. The mystery of God would be finished. It would settle all of those questions that we had, that we wondered about, those part truths. The partial truth finally made room for perfect truth. For when the parts became all one, they fit so beautiful. Isn't it amazing when the angel come on the, sometimes you'd read in the scripture and you'd hear certain doctrines and taught and said, well, I can't feel, I see how that fits in there over here. And here come an angel messenger and begin to fit the entire Bible back together. Showed from Genesis to Revelations, it was the complete revelation of who God is. It's the revelation of God. Christ, the mystery of God revealed. Made known the complete revelation that the entire book was that written of one character, person of the word. And he would embody himself in the human bodies. <clears throat> he became first a part of us so we could be a part of him. Oh, I love that. Going brother, that kinsman redeemer. Let's not go there. Christ in you, reconciling the world to himself. Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter. You know, if I got that here, <clears throat> I kind of like to read that. Verse 19. Let me just read a little bit. To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. That now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. <clears throat> Isn't that beautiful? And I know we read it often, but it still remains the same reality. <clears throat> that without him. So the complete 
the completion of the body. That's the Lord said when this body is completed. And the last member, you know how many times we read those little things and say the prophet said, wait. He said, until when? Until the last one is in. But you know, he goes a little further than that some places. He said, you know, the last one might be in, might have to be child trained. <laughs> but you see, you know, when the last name is on the book, has been redeemed, there won't be one more come in. So we don't know that. Good thing we don't know who, when that time is. <laughs> good thing the Lord doesn't like, you know, some, sometimes we have heard, you know, we've had all kinds of prophecies and sometimes people get so inspired. Hey, we all feel like doing that sometimes, but it doesn't hold water. If I could stand up here and say, oh, I believe this will be the year that the Lord will come. This we can't go past this year. <clears throat> he doesn't show that to anybody. And I don't care how big we think we are. God doesn't show anything beyond his angel's message. And the angel said the one part he kept secret for himself. We don't know when the rapture will take place. We don't know when these bodies will change. We just live and be ready. He said, and I, I, we were talking, that, I don't know who I was speaking to yesterday, but we were talking a little bit about, you know, sometimes we're, we've been reluctant to go certain ways. Well, it's too late. The, the coming of the Lord's at hand. Well, it's too late to this. But, you know, the prophet gave us a very beautiful analysis of that. He said, plan like you've got 100 years. Go right on, said, if I knew Jesus was coming in the morning, I'd go plant my, or on the next day, I'd plant the potatoes today. That's what he said. I know people that quit years ago, back when 77 was coming up, I was there. Now, I saw people that took their retirement funds and said, that's it, go live it up for the next six months. Because after 77, we're not here. And they did. When 78 rolled around, they went looking for their old job. All the money was gone. I know some couples like that. I don't, it's not a funny th thing. It was bad. They were already of age. They said, oh my, might as well enjoy it while we got it. So, and uh, uh, took the money out and what they had in retirement, spent it. When 78 come along, now 78 is a long ways from 20, 2022. <laughs> those many, those most of them have passed on already. <clears throat> but it looks so real in 77. You know what? It is. But you see in God's timepiece, What's it, what, two minutes now? Something like that? <laughs> 35 years to a minute, if it is what they calculate. I don't know if that's a true calculation, but I'm just using it. Two minutes ago, <clears throat> the last 70 years. <clears throat> and again, another minute left. We may have got 35 years. We don't even know if we've got a minute left. It's half a minute. But whatever it says, the other part, he adds this. Live like he's coming in the morning. Just live a real Christian life. Yeah. Be a real Christian. Not just, oh, I'm going to try. No, just say, Lord, I'm not, I'm not doing anything until you live in me. <laughs> you take me, Lord, and I'm not going to do anything until you take a hold of me and then live through me whatever you do. If what pleases you, that pleases me. <clears throat> I want to take in, there's a little part here that I, that I, uh, I love to read. And, uh, you know, that living part so many times we think that maybe it's something that, that uh, we can do of our own or we, we can take and say, well, I, I'm going to plan this and I'm going to plan that. But I, I, like, I like the prophet's life. He said, I make no plans without the Lord being my guide. I think a man should plan his way, a woman should plan their way in their household to have one goal in mind Raise your children to fear God. Now, you can't save them, but you sure can make it a lot easier for them. 
And I know you children, the young people that have been raised, you've got godly parents. Sometimes you might not agree with them all. And uh, I was always amazed how, how uh, my dad became so smart in such a hurry. <laughs> uh, when I was about 15, 16, I thought he didn't know very much at all. <clears throat> yeah, Dad, you're from the, old, from the old school. By the time I was 18, I thought, boy, he's learned quite a bit lately. <laughs> By the time I got married, <clears throat> boy, he became a scholar. <laughs> he began to tell me things, and he was a third edu- educated person, th- three grades he had, I think, in school in English, but he became a pretty smart person. Got so that he became a best friend. <laughs> Sometimes we think, oh, Dad, you know, you're old, and, and you, you know, but Come to find out that whenever he spoke, he wasn't spoke, he didn't speak of something that he just read. He spoke of something that he had experienced. So he is talking about things, yes, I've been there. Not in the way, yeah, I've been there, done that. You know, a lot of people are that. Yeah, I've been there, done that. No, yes, been there and done that. And no, it didn't come out quite right the one time. Oh, not that one time. I, oh, yes, I realized I was, I was trying to do it until I let go and then let God do it. That's a good way. And anything you do, sometimes you try to make it work. <clears throat> I've been there. Then when you let it, sometimes it even lets you have what you want. And then it doesn't taste near as good as you thought it was. That said, oh, my goodness, is that what I thought it was? He said, no, I just give you your will. <clears throat> and your will is not so good. None of our will. By nature, there's none of us spiritual people. We are human beings with five senses. <laughs> Taste, feel, and none is above the other. We're not great, little ones, big. But I'll tell you one thing. The reality lays here that Christ, being the head of his body, is the head of the church. In what is the, this little message, <clears throat> what is the, uh, the Ephesian church age? You've, this is taken from the church age book, and I hope I don't offend anybody when I read that. <clears throat> well, I'll read it anyhow. Brother Harold, you can correct it. Brother Ed, you can correct it later on if you want. It's grammarized. You know how Brother Vale put it in there. And, uh, but he hath given us the key of David. This beautiful phrase comes following from the phrase that proceeds which said, he that, he that is true to the God of the amen. Now, God is the God of the amen. What he says is amen. That's the reason the prophet said, if you hear the word of God quoted, just say amen to the word. Because the word is the word of life. And God is the God of the amen. The amen means so be it. If God says something, he can never change it. He can never have a better idea. Do you know tonight or this very morning, he said never had a better idea than from when he started it. He hasn't had to change anything. He hasn't had to mend anything. Sometimes it looks like God had to change his mind about his word. But we found out it was only a permissive will to bring out the perfect will. And sometimes God does permit things and, and changes. looks like he changes his mind in the scripture. Tells the prophet to go, say, thus saith the Lord, said, build the temple. It sends him right back about a couple hours later, said, go tell him, said, no, you can't build it. Well, that didn't make the prophet feel too good, I don't think so. I don't think he felt the same way he went back the second time as when he went in the first time. Because he too was a human being. And when God told him, with thus saith the Lord, anybody, even the prophet, look at how times he told us about his own experiences in this life. He wasn't always riding in the cloud so high that he was no earthly good. Brother Bram was here many times just fighting like you and I. Take the tax case for five years. Go back and listen to it again. 
he was, he was so, she was so frustrated. At times he, he lied. <clears throat> Tell him I'm not in. <laughs> I'm going to use that now. It's so tough because you've got your own cell phone, so you can't say I'm not in. <laughs> that I had it off. I, didn't, I, I guess I didn't see it. Now that's what we use. That. I didn't see your text. I guess I must have had it turned off yet. Well, but he was a human being. But then he said, and every time, you know, and even, even Brother Vale, sometimes Brother Vale got in there and he said, well, you know, i tell you what, I'll do this. It said, well, he had the smarts maybe to do it. He said, but, but said, Lee said, you're too quick on the trigger. Just wait. Just wait a bit. God knows how to form characters. I remember at church, everyone, young children, young, young boys, your character, you weren't born with it. It's what you develop. You come with no characteristics, but you develop it here. That's the one part. You're being developed. And God forms it by the things which we go through, the things we suffer. It was all just always like they talk about being born with a golden spoon in your mouth. It, you take a child, I mean, no disrespect if you got one of them here. Uh, God bless you. But, but with, gets everything they want. Nine times out of ten, you don't want to be close to those people. Because they don't know that no is a part of the vocabulary as much as yes. <clears throat> we raised four children, and two of them are looking at me right now. <laughs> They're the finest girls there is in the world. Because <laughs> they got the best mother in the world. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> to me that is. <laughs> but I found out very quickly, and even my dad, many times his no. Uh, of course, they said, uh, they, of course, they said I was just like my dad. And uh, if you go ask dad for something, he said, no. And then you'd walk away and said, what'd you ask? About <laughs> that, you know. And uh, so that's how my children said to you, you say, no. And then said, oh, what was that you asked? Uh, well, <laughs> I knew it had a good start. If I'd say no, it's a better chance to say maybe, because then maybe it's already a yes, you know, that's it. And I didn't want them to go ask mom, because at our place, we didn't have that order. <clears throat> Excuse me, that wasn't our order. That if dad said no, then mom would say yes. No, that wasn't, that would never have worked in the mental freezing household. <laughs> because we had, we decided when we were very young, when we first were just starting our family, I don't know why we talked about it. We, you know, maybe we're looking at some looking around and said, well, you know what? Uh, you see the boys go to dad and he said, no, 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 just wait, wait a while. Said, wait, they go to mom. Said, well, whatever. <laughs> Well, if you say whatever to the children, away they go. That's it. <laughs> Gone. Yeah, I guess. Mom said so. It's okay. <clears throat> well, that, that is all right. But I do believe if you're going to have a union, unit, mom's voice should be dad's voice. Dad's voice should be mom's voice. They should be one. Should not be able to go to hide on dad's shoulders if mom says no and vice versa. There's a, there is a union there. They are two individuals, but you know the two make one. One pulls left, one pulls right, and I uh, hope I didn't, uh, well, I'll, I'll let that go. You, you, <laughs> I just, <laughs> if you run your house the other way, uh, that's all right. That just, I'm just talking about mental freezing here. So, um, but <clears throat> let's go back to the scripture, enough of that. Uh, was that prophet David? Now, he goes back here and talk about, he said, <clears throat> he that hath the key of David. Now, I'm going to kind of bring this to a close right here with this, which I want to read. And not, not that I'm closing right now, but I will in a little bit. <laughs> Christ, 
and I like this part, the perfect realization contrasting the partial realization. Here it is. Moses was a prophet, but Jesus was the prophet. And he goes on and spends a little time on that. A man after God's own heart was a king, but Jesus is greater David, king of kings, lord of lords, the very God. There's so much confusion today about even around the message about, about was, was Jesus just our brother or was he God? And the, the, the confusion, if they just stayed with what the angel said, there wouldn't be no confusion. Amen. But somebody gets a little bit more revelation towards they actually think they can correct the prophet and make it more viable and more livable than the way the prophet said it. <clears throat> it won't work. They'll go right off into a little bit of ism, and first thing it becomes a wasm, and the first thing you know, you got people left shipwrecked. Yeah. It's just Satan's way to do it. Oh, he hasn't had man for 20, uh, for the last 6,000 years. He's had man in his, own, in his control. He knows how to take one word and leave them off completely. One word caused every death that's ever been had in the earth. One word off. So how are we going to get back by one word off again? We'll never get back to that place. Until there's a people that says, thy word be true, Lord. And no matter what it is, thy word is truth. I build my case on the word of God. Heavens and earth will pass away, but that word will never pass away. If it's the word of God, no matter how it hurts, just say, amen, so be it, Lord. If it stings, if it cuts and cuts me down to nothing, but if it cuts down to the root, just let it cut right down to the root and start all over again. Because remember, the life goes to the root, but it won't, can't kill it in the root. Here's the root and the offspring of David. And, I go, and now David was born to the tribe of Judah, out of the two priests and so on, and, and uh, the shoebread. But now listen, he was a prophet. He was a wonderful type of Christ. Now it says in Isaiah 22, and the key of the house of David will be laid upon his shoulders. So he shall open and none shall shut. He shall shut and none shall open. Isn't that what the scripture says in Revelations? <clears throat> there come a time, and now is, when he that's filthy, let him be filthy still. He that's holy. Now we know the fullness it will be when the bride takes her new body. Like we talk about the rapture being on. We know the first part of it. We know that part of the appearing of the Lord. That's what we're in right now. This is his appearing. The changing of the bodies is his little coming. But we're married to the word now. This is the marriage union. This is what we're eating of. This is what we're taking. His vows are our vows. <clears throat> he shall open and no one shall shut. The Spirit used the Old Testament reference concerning the Lord Jesus Christ and his ministry in the church. That the key of David signifies at that time in mere shadow, which is now fulfilled in Christ standing in the midst of the lamp, seven lampstands. It was to do with our Lord after his resurrection and not his earthly pilgrimage. But what does the key signify? The answer lies in the position of the key. It is not in his hands. It is not worn around his neck. It is not placed in the hands of other men. Or the verse could have said that he alone has the use of that key. For he alone opens and shuts, and no man has the right but Jesus Christ himself. Isn't that right? But where is the key? It is on the shoulders. But what does shoulders have to do with it? And I read, of course, here I go back to Isaiah 9, 6. 
and the government shall be upon his shoulders. But what does that mean? The answer is in this. The phrase government upon his shoulders comes from the wedding ceremony uh, in the east. When the bride has been committed to the groom, she takes off her veil and places it over the groom's shoulders. Signifying that not only is she under his domain, that she has transferred her rights to him, that she has, but that he is her head, but also that he bears the responsibility and the care that he and he alone and no one else, no other man, no other power has any right or any responsibility. Amen. And that, beloved, is the key of David. God is sovereign. He foreknew by divine decree exactly who would be his bride. He chose her. She did not choose him. He called her. She did not call her own self. He died for her. He washed her in his own blood. He paid the price for her. She belongs to him and him alone. Oh, my. I'm so glad I'm in his responsibility. I'm glad I can place all my responsibility to him. She is wholly committed to him and accepts the obligation. He is her head. For Christ is the head of the church. And Sarah called Abraham Lord. Even so, the bride is happy that he is her Lord. He speaks and she obeys, for that is her delight. Not order, not just smoking, but that is her delight to do the will of my father. I love that part. Listen, she becomes his responsibility. Have you noticed how since the angel, look, look at this message itself. Let, we, we, let's hide, see if we can close it here. Look at the message itself. It was God himself coming and taking full responsibility of a people that he had predestined unto the adoption of children in Christ before the foundation of the world, whose names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and he come and took full responsibility for, you take, you quote his word, say, Lord, you know how many times we, we use this so many times we enjoy, and I, I enjoy saying it myself because my faith rests on that. He said this, when you pray in the name of Jesus Christ, it's no longer you praying. It's Christ praying. And will he not hear his own prayer? For it isn't you asking. If you commit your life to God, say, Lord, give me this, give me that. Lord, give me that. No, 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 no. Lord, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Not what I want. What difference does it make when my race is finished here? I don't want a legacy about men with this, men. That's, that's, not what I, what's a, that's not my interest. I wish there were, I, I would have one hope, that Jesus Christ would be glorified. What's a, what, what, would, what would we leave behind? It's all going to burn. So what legacy? What are we leaving behind? Nothing. We're taking everything we are. We're taking out of here. So when we go... We are not, we're not leaving us something here to build up more, I mean, you know, a stone to and a headstone to. It's all becoming volcanic ash when we leave here. I just want to know this, that, that I am his responsibility. How am I going to get raptured? He said so. 
How's his body going to change? I don't know. He said so. How, do we, how, are we, how are we going to come out of this now looking so close? Looks like the atomic fodder is about ready to drop. How are we going to get out of here? He said so. <laughs> we are his responsibility. Oh, I'm so glad for that. We are his responsibility. <clears throat> Stay the course. <clears throat> Don't leave the course. Just hold steady. Watch the end. I remember that one of my first sermons when I preached when I was young, just a young fellow. And, you know, I remember how Brother Bram preached that message never did leave me. And, you know, talk about the fellow riding the bicycle and so on, how that one fell off. This, and he talks about the one, but one went right and sit straight, went right forward, never went left or right. But he said, what do you do that the others didn't do? Others begin to look at conditions around and said, oh, boy, oh, boy, am I going to make it? First thing you know, off they went. But says one little fellow, he wasn't that educated. He wasn't that smart. But he had one little smart about him. <laughs> he got on the bicycle and watched the end. And he just pedaled as hard as he could go. Never took his eyes off the end. Just stayed right there. And, and stayed the little plank all the way across. And you know the prophet said, stay your course. <laughs> Let him be your responsibility. Put your responsibility under him. He is the head of this body. I, I'd like to... Oh, I love that part. Let me just close in that. Saying, no matter. He transferred her rights to him. That's his head. He transferred his rights to him. But also that he bears the responsibility and the care. And that he alone. And no one else. No other man. No other power. Has any right and any responsibility. <clears throat> and that, beloved, is the key of David. <clears throat> That unlocks to us all the most glorious reality that a man can have on this earth if he walks with God as an individual, not comparing ourselves one with another. You know how Paul said, you're foolish when you do that. Don't, don't try ministers. You know, we particularly when we see a man that comes up and we preach like, like just, oh, mercy, he's a, he's a real preaching machine. Well, we'd all like to be that. You know, and say, oh, look at that. Oh, and some of them can't make that entire word just like, like beautiful. But that's his gift. Yeah. Next one might stumble through it, you know, and bumble here and blah, that. But let's just stay right with it. We're all made different. If we were all feet, it would be no hands. <laughs> Take your natural body. Sure, we all say, oh, my, that fellow is filled with intellect. Oh, what's he's got? But what about the soul <laughs> and the spirit and the hands and the whole body? And Paul said you do very foolish when you do that. Compare one with another. Past, don't, don't compare pastors or churches. Look, if you do something here in the local church, we don't have to do the same thing in Saskatoon. And vice versa. So, oh, they're doing this. Oh, we better do it too. No. Just be yourself. Just be, a, be, a, be on fire for God. Come here and, and, and you're, a, you're a part, a member of the body of Christ. Come over here and take your place in your, where you're sitting and be there and, and say, Lord, this is my place. I give my whole life to it. I'll stand with it, good and bad. Oh, my. If you find a church that's perfect, let me know. I want to go there. That's where I want to go to. <laughs> but I tell you, as soon as I get there, it won't be perfect anymore then. <laughs> That, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. There's not too many perfect people. But I say, oh, there's a perfect God in our congregation. Oh, he lives and he reigns and he rules in the hearts. He takes every song. He takes every praise. 
He takes every prayer request. He takes, here's every one of those. And he's the one, he's fully responsible. You know, sometimes when we get the prayer request, and today it's so, so easy, many times so easy, and, and just uh, texting a message and say, pray for so-and-so. He's going to the hospital. Quickly, people go to praying. It becomes his responsibility then. Oh, well, so-and-so went and laid hands on me and he recovered just like that. Wait a minute. It's a body ministry now. The one-man ministry was given to one man. The rest is the body. There's one head above us. This word is our responsibility. This message is our responsibility. It is the responsibility. We take it. And every time we've got a question, and you young people listen to it, and sometimes maybe you, wonder, you want to find it, go get into the message. Find out. See what he says for yourself. Search the scriptures yourself. When you're born of God, that's the first thing you begin to do. You begin to establish your territory. <laughs> oh, yes, look at this is where God, he called me. Think of it. He was thinking of me when he died on Calvary. He called my name. It might not even be my name when we get over there. I don't know if I'll, my name will be mental freezing when I get there. I kind of hope I get a new name. <laughs> But I've already got a new name written down in glory. It's the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. She is Mrs. Jesus Christ. That's good. That's what we are. Mrs. Jesus Christ. With the life of Jesus Christ veiled inside of her. I'm so glad. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. Where's all the musicians? Come up here. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and my state. I like saying that on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. I'm so glad that I'm in this little tabernacle here and Brother Harold and Brother Ed and all of you brothers. Young, I, I know you got some young brothers laboring in here. God bless you. I, I know what it's like to be young and I know what it's like to be old. And um, physically I take the body. But spiritually I take what I know now. <laughs> I, uh, I kind of was, you know, we all wrestled and said, Lord, when are you going to pull the pin or what are you going to do? But in life, <clears throat> when have I said enough? When are you going to take me? What, you know, we wondered, what is our outcome in life? But <clears throat> a while ago I was reading and, and uh, Brother Bram talks about, you know, our span of life. He said, Bill, he said, if you're going to do something for the Lord, he said, you're, uh, you're 52 years old. <laughs> I said, I'm going to have to do something. I thought, oh, my. If he said that at 52, I need 102. I, need, I, no, no, I could never do it. But that was him. You know, God did not appear to me like he appeared to the prophet. He didn't meet me in Green's Mail. He didn't say, as John was sent to forerun the first coming, 1933. He spoke that to one man. And think of without an organization, without man's, without money, without anything, a message went around the world. And this very day, there are people of every color, culture, nature, are embracing this message just like you are. They have become his responsibility. My hope is built. But I heard Brother Bram say, if I was 25 years old, he said, first 25, he said, if I was an athletic person, that's what I'd take. If I was a businessman, I'd take the second. Then maybe if I was going to be an investor or something like that, I'd take the third 25. He said, if I was going to be a preacher, I'd take from 75 to 100. <laughs> Ooh. He said, you know what he said? I know so much more about it. He didn't talk about mental understanding. He said, I've experienced and I know him in the power of his resurrection. I've seen him when I've been sick. I've seen him when I've been off the word. I've seen him when he's pulled me back. 
when, he's, when I went up to the right, he pulled me to the middle. When I went to the left, he pulled me to the middle. <clears throat> and this is the fact. Keep your balance in Christ. Don't, don't go. It looks so inviting sometimes. That's usually not God. Because our five senses are attracted to things that look so shiny. But the gospel glows. All the things that we really possess, they are not shiny or glittery. They possess a real character, and that's the only thing we're taking with us. That carnal area won't come with us. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. But on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. When darkness seems upon his unchanging grace in every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within the veil but on Christ the Son shall come with trumpet sound when he shall come with trumpet sound oh may I then in him be found dressed in his righteousness alone for blessed to stand before his throne but on Christ the Son Let's bow our hearts. Jesus Messiah, name above all names, oh blessed Redeemer, Emmanuel, the rescue of from heaven oh Jesus Messiah he's the Lord of all say that one more time yes Jesus Messiah oh it's a name above all names all names oh blessed redeemer 